Welcome to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We will be uploading sermons here regularly, so if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast to get notified of each new episode. This episode will feature night three of the Breakthrough Global Summit. First Kings 18, verse 1. <clears throat> and it reads as such, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Verse 17, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. And Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. And Elijah said unto the people, I even I only remain a prophet of the Lord need to read that again. And Elijah said unto the people, I, even I only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose one bullock for yourself and dress it first. For ye are many and call on the name of your gods and put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them and they dressed it and they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon saying, oh Baal, hear us. But there was no voice nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is in a journey or a pre-adventure. He sleepeth and must be awake. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives till blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer or nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. It's a little bit of reading, but that's all right. And repaired the altar of the Lord, which was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel be, shall be thy name. 
And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as it would contain two measures of seeds. 35, and the, ran, the water ran about uh, the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and have done these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that they have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. That is the word of the Lord. I want to preach tonight for the next few minutes from the subject title, This is a State of Emergency. I want you to look over at somebody and say, neighbor, we are in a state of emergency. Look at somebody else and say, I don't know if you can discern the seasons and times. But this is a state of emergency. God, I thank you for this word. God, let it come out with precision and accuracy as you've told me, Father. We thank you. We give you glory. Let your glory come. Let your fire come. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. And before I get into this word, giving honor to this man of God, Apostle Randall, can we put our hands together for him? Come on. You can do better than that. And to my uncle, Bishop Aaron Sneed, come on. Can we put our hands together for that? Love you. Thank you for coming. And to overseer over here, overseer, my brother Reginald, come on, can we put our hands together for him? All right, you may be seated. This is a state of emergency. <clears throat> this is a state of emergency. The setting of this passage takes place during a time of national crisis, a, a period in which the nation of Israel is experiencing upheaval in the form of a three and a half year drought because of their syncretistic approach to religion. <clears throat> At this particular time, there had been a great struggle between Baalism, the worship of Baal, a false Phoenician god, and Yahwehism, the worship of Yahweh, a true and living God, the true and living God. <clears throat> this struggle, this wavering, this toiling between gods emerged because of corrupt leadership. Um, because of corrupt government. During this, uh, during this period, the political system of Canaan was being governed by a king by the name of Ahab, who according to scripture, was a promoter and participant in Baal worship. Therefore, because of this sanction of polytheism, because of this breach in covenantal agreement, because of this idolatry, the decree is released through the mouth of the prophet that there will be a famine, that there will be a drought, that there will be no rain until further notice. Understand this decree is not just a prophetic declaration. It is not just the word of the Lord, but this is also the word of prayer. According to James 5.18, in a holy indignation at Israel's apostasy, and a strong zeal for God's glory. The Bible says that Elijah prayed earnestly until heaven was shut up. 
What do you mean until heaven was shut up? Until heaven became brass. Until nothing came out or came through. When you are under a brass heaven, there is no growth. There is no production. There is no manifestation. Here in this text, the people are in a season where there is no growth, where there is no production, where heaven is shut. The land is barren. People are starving. The nation as a whole is in a state of emergency. Why are they in a state of emergency? Because Israel has forsaken their foundation to be a part of a false religion and a false movement. If you examine the season and time that we are in, you will see that we are in a day that is parallel to this text, a day where God's people in droves are forsaking their foundation to be a part of false religion and false movement. A time of great heresy and apostasy, a time where false prophets and false teachers have mega movements because sound doctrine is no longer endured to, to, to suit their own lust and itching ears. People are turning from truth to fables. A universal time of blended worship where people are developing a syncretistic approach to Christianity and mixing God with new age spirituality, prophecy and divination, fasting and astral projection, prayer and sage, scripture and crystals. It is a time of great syncretism, not just regionally, but even on a national level. Many are oblivious to the fact that there is a satanic attempt to convert the world back to false gods and religions through the infiltration of mainstream media, politics, education, and even video games to spark an inquisitiveness and a craving for unsanitary supernatural experiences. Christians and leaders are adopting beliefs, practices, and even rituals under the guise of religious freedom, peace, and love, dumbing down the foundational principles that have been laid, bringing about desensitization to the war that is suddenly and covertly being waged against the truth and way of God. But while the majority have become desensitized to the current happenings, there is a remnant that possesses discernment. There is a remnant that has kept their foundation. A remnant that refuses to be deceived. A remnant that with boldness and authority shall go against the grain. A remnant that will not conform to the sound of false prophecy of worldwide prosperity but shall confront and declare that we are indeed and in fact in a state of emergency. Look over at somebody and say, neighbor, we're in a state of emergency. I just need 10 to go with me tonight. Here in this passage of scripture, Israel is in a state of emergency, national emergency. The heaven is shut up because they are mixing their worship. They are following false movements. They are being seduced by Baal worship. And the Bible tells us that out of nowhere come 
comes a prophet by the name of Elijah with power. Not just any kind of power, but a prophet by the name of Elijah with supernatural power to shut and open heaven. Supernatural power to call down rain. Supernatural power to call down fire. The Bible says it comes out of nowhere with no introduction. Israel's emergency calls Elijah's emergence. The Lord shared with me last night that the state of emergency that we are in, that the world is in, is about to prompt an emergence in the earth realm. There is about to be an emergence of apostolic voices, an emergence of prophetic voices. There has been a global reinstatement of the prophet's mantle and the apostolic mantle to counteract the powers of dark, archaic spirituality and re-implement divine order. Look over at somebody like in the face, whether they have an attitude and say, God is re-implementing order. He's raising up a new wave of vessels to bring back order. If you look back in chapter 17, you will see that Elijah comes on the scene as a prophet with no introduction. The Bible don't give his personal history. Doesn't reference him as the son of a renowned family. Doesn't announce him as a person of importance. Yet he has an audience with the king as a new prophetic voice in the kingdom. Can I prophesy to my five that's with me tonight? That's how God is about to work in your life. He's about to give you an audience with no introduction. People will try to track where did you come from. And there will be no record of where you came from. Because man ain't about to launch you. God is about to launch you. God is releasing fresh voices for a fresh movement to reclaim it past eight generation. You don't need to compromise yourself for no platform. Hold step down. You don't need to adulterate the truth for a door. You don't need to dilute the authenticity of your mantle for ministry connections. This is a season where God is releasing, and not man, God is releasing new prophetic voices in the kingdom. New people are about to emerge on the scene huh, without any introduction. Tell somebody I'm coming with no introduction. He's about to put you in a place that you have not even imagined. Church prophets are about to arise. Government prophets are about to uh, arise. Marketplace prophets are about to arise. Uh, new apostolic voices are about to arise. Uh, God is raising up new clean leaders. Fresh mouthpieces are emerging. Fresh mouthpieces are emerging that don't want fame, they just want fire. They don't want recognition, they just want real power. People that have been on the backside of the desert with their face down uh, and their plate down, uh, 
praying and fasting, people that are low before the Lord and not puffed up in pride, people that are grounded in the truth of God are about to be launched to recover and reclaim a lost people. An apostate generation. Here in the text, the people have fallen away from the foundation that has been laid. It's already been laid. It's already been laid. I know they're coming up with new stuff, but tell somebody the foundation's already been laid. Falling away from the foundation has been laid for them because of leadership. Because of new leadership. Ahab and his system, as well as false prophets, have seduced them and led them into false worship. And this is one of the reasons we are dealing with an apostate generation. Because of confused, lukewarm leadership. Leaders are preaching an adulterated gospel. We have, a, we have fivefold conforming to the world system and promoting tolerance uh, of things that we have been called to come against as prophetic voices uh, because God specifically uh, has called it unholy uh, and an abomination uh, and has said that that is not the Christian way. Uh, but because we are pressed uh, for members uh, and we are pressed uh, for money and we are pressed uh, for recognition, we won't shout out against it. Prophets and leaders are drenched in perversion. Like Hophni and Phinehas sleeping with the people in the temple. And we wonder why this generation is apostate. We wonder why this generation has fallen away. You have prophets sleeping with daughters, infecting them with disease, and then trying to do deliverance on them when the deliverer is who they need to be delivered from. You have fathers turning out men and making boy toys out of sons that are married privately and then publicly trying to father them. I told God if he deliver me, I'll say, say it all. And that's the place you got to get. If God deliver you, no matter what he delivered you from, you'll preach the unrated, the unrated un unadulterated gospel even if you're guilty. See, too many people skipping over stuff because it's in their past. When it's in your past, you don't skip over it, you step on it. Because he's put fire in your feet. You got mothers operating under Jezebel's spirits of manipulation controlling their daughters on and out of insecurity trying to dismantle their destiny and we wonder why there is a falling away you have apostles the highest level of authority in God's government on Larry Reed live cursing exposing their wives and exhibiting buffoon behavior and we wonder Why this is an apostate generation. People are leaving the institution of church 
because the leaders have misrepresented God. And it has caused them to associate and link their experience with God with unyielded vessels. It's caused them to associate and link their experience uh, with these vessels, with these prophets, with these apostles, with these pastors, uh, with these false teachers. Uh, it's caused them to link it to God. But God is raising up fresh voices. He's raising up fresh voices, clean vessels, true prophets that are about to remove the misrepresentation. Look over at somebody and say, God is raising me up to remove the misrepresentation. Here in this text, we find Elijah as that fresh voice that has been raised to remove the misrepresentation. In our passage of scripture, we find him on Mount Carmel confronting the people. And he says, how long? How long you gonna hold between two opinions? If God be God, follow him. But if Baal be God, then you ought to follow him. And he said something very interesting to me. He says, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450. He used the word remain because the prophets of God retreated. If you look in that text, you will see that Obadiah said that he hid them in the cave. The prophets retreated. They're hiding in caves out of fear of Jezebel. First thing, before we reclaim the people, we first got to reclaim the prophets. In this season, God is calling for the prophets to come out of hiding and arise. He's calling for the prophets that are not afraid to go to war. He's calling for the prophets that are not afraid to disrupt. He's calling for the prophets that are not afraid to come against systems. He's calling for the prophets that are not afraid to say, I know they said that prosperity is here, but the Lord showed me in a vision that judgment is coming to the house. People that are not afraid to speak the true word of the Lord because prophets confront. I've never seen a day where people want to assume the title prophet, but they don't want to confront. Don't you understand that being a prophet is more than personal prophecy? Don't you understand that being a prophet is more than word of knowledge? The Lord will cause you to confront when you are a prophet, huh, you come to disrupt systems. Huh? You can't be scared huh, to contend with regional principalities huh, because you want a seat at the table. Huh? See, some of you don't want to contend huh, with principalities huh, and wickedness in high places because huh, you want the same seat huh, and you want to be in the same place. Huh? Hallelujah. Huh? But prophets confront. See, the problem in this text is that the hidden prophets value their life over their call. I'm going to let you catch that. 
the hidden prophets, they valued their lives over their call. But Elijah valued his call over his life. And if you are going to be a prophet of God, you have to understand that your call is greater than your life. And that's what God is calling for in this season. Prophets that understand that what God has called me to, the people, the mission, the assignment that's on my life is greater than my life. It's greater than who I want to be. See, some of you I sense in this room that you're caught up with who you want to be. Opposed to who you were born to be. And see, there will always be a struggle in desire between who you want to be and who you were born to be. And it's not until you get an alignment with the mandate and call that rests upon your life that you can't run from, that you begin to receive fulfillment. The reason some of you are not even happy with your life is because you live in somebody else's life. You live in the life that you made up. You live in a life that you decided you was going to write for yourself. But don't you understand the script has already been written. I told Jeremiah, before you were ever born, before you were formed, you were already ordained a prophet. You don't get a choice in the matter. Whether you're a good prophet or a bad prophet, you're still a prophet. No, regardless of what source. Why, where do you think psychics and stuff come from? The difference is sanitization. What have you yielded yourself to? You got to realize your call is greater than your life. We focus on dumb stuff. The stuff that we have phone conversations about and we talk about and we worry about has nothing to do with our destiny or identity. You caught up in distractions. You're just passing through. You're just passing through. I know we have a focal point on getting married and we have a focal point on having children and we have a focal point on all of these different things, but you are here on assignment. All of those other things are great, but you are here to bring God glory. That is what your purpose is. That is why you are in the earth realm, to carry out the will of God and to give him praise and worship. That's why we're here. And God is calling in this season, not for another popular prophet with mediocre power. I'm not even going to get into that. I, I won't be able to get out of that. <coughs> He's calling for martyrs. He's calling for people that are ready to lay their life down. To face wickedness in high places. People that are not afraid of their faces. People that are not afraid of being blackballed. People that are not afraid, but that will stand flat-footed and say the word of the Lord. And not just martyrs physically, but even socially. 
people that are willing to die socially, people that are willing to be ridiculed on social media, people that are willing to be ridiculed in social circles, uh, defending the cause uh, and defending the true and living God. Uh, Elijah said, I only, I remain a prophet of God. How out of everybody, I'm the only person defending the true way and the true God. And he says, all right, it's 450 against one. Let's test the fire. Oh, my Shanda Babansia. Tell somebody it's time to test the fire. You better act like I'm saying something. Tell somebody it's time to test the fire. He said, let's test the fire. You got it? Okay. Let's test the fire. You busy arguing with people and you know they off. Never mind all of that. Let's test the fire. I don't got to prove my mantle to you. Let's test the fire. You arguing with Ichabod. How you over here arguing with Ichabod? They don't got no glory, no fire, no passion. Shut your mouth. And test the fire. Never mind all this talking. Oh, come on, see ya. Let's test this fire. He said, come on. 450 of y'all against one. Woo! Don't you understand God will raise up one to slay 450 devils? He will raise up one to slay 450 witches. He will raise one to take out 450 warlocks. Tap somebody and say, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. Let's test this fire. He said, lay two bulls down, cut it in pieces, lay it on wood, and call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire shall be God. The Bible says, Baal's prophets begin to call on Baal. But there was no sound. And they started to get emotional. And they began cutting themselves. And they began going to the extremes. And they began to do it all day. You know why? Because when you're wrong, you'll go to the extreme to prove your point. When you are wrong, you will cut and kill yourself to prove your point. When you get off, you will do anything to prove your right to protect the decision you made and to save face. Instead of saying, I went too far in my theology. I took the wrong turn. You know, I done went off into heresy. I done, I done got a little off. You got to stay there and prove your point. You're calling on the name of Baal, but Baal don't have no...
no frequency. Baal don't got no value. Baal doesn't have a sound. They begin to go off, but see, you can't fight fire. They begin to go off and they begin to, 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 to call on bail and call on bail, but nothing came and no sound and no fire and no manifestation and no supernatural demonstration came. And see, in this season, God is making a distinction between the real and the fake. That's what he's doing. He's making a distinction between the real and the fake. Where, this is why the devil didn't want me to get here Wednesday. When there is, when there is a distinction between the real and the fake, you're able to see what real fire looks like. And you know what? Even with this distinction where in the past people may have been able to produce false fire, in this season they're not going to be able to produce that same false fire. In this, you know why they can't produce and get away with false fire? Because in this season, real prophets are not just coming with gift. They're coming with gift and glory. Uh, where word of knowledge once worked. We're calling out a name without presence once worked. In this season, people will know the difference because the fire not going to show up. And the people are going with the fire. The real fire, not strange fire. Not manufactured fire. See, when you've seen God's fire, you can't be fooled by counterfeit fire. Because you know the color. I was in the airport coming here. And I don't say this in any haughtiness. I had my St. Laurent bag. I don't know if this is a good example, but I'm going to say, I'm going to just go with it. <laughs> you know, you get out there and you be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But I'm going to just go with it. I have my St. Laurent bag and this girl walked by with the same YSL bag, but the color was off. <laughs> Had the same emblem. Had the same pattern. Had the same straps. But the color was off. And see, when you have the real thing, without even trying, you can identify the fake. And see, a lot of people have uh, manufactured fire uh, because they're not devoted to God. Uh, heaven and the supernatural uh, is closed to them, uh, and God doesn't show up for them, uh, so they manufacture a move, uh, and they manufacture strange fire. See, the color of fire is determined by what's fueling it. Ask somebody what's fueling your fire. Their ministry, their prophecy, their preaching, their prayer life isn't fueled by the anointing. It's not fueled by the power of God. It's not fueled by intercession. It's not fueled by fasting and praying. But it's fueled by ambition. And it's fueled by money. And it's fueled by applause. And he's not showing up because he's first.
people because of their syncretism, because of their mix, and because they have strange fire. Mixture produces strange fire. But Elijah produced real fire. Why? Because it was fueled by the right thing. Elijah's fire was fueled by a heart for the people. We're talking about reclaiming a generation. It was fueled by the heart of the people. What's fueling your ministry? What's fueling your desire? A lot of prophets are not getting the fire of God to show up because they want the favor of people. They want the applause. They want the money. But God wants the heart of the people. And the people that God is raising up are going to call down fire because they have a heart for the people. Let me read this right here. I'm going to just be honest. I didn't finish. But I'm going to finish it here. So Elijah said, and I'm about to wrap this up because I'll be having a long-winded spirit. How long have I been up here? Okay. 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 Amen. All right. So it says that after they couldn't produce the fire, that Elijah, he then said, he said to the people, come unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. First thing, you're going to reclaim the people. You got to, the first thing is that you got to reclaim the prophets. And then the second thing, if you're going to reclaim the people, you got to reclaim the altar. You've got to repair the altar of the Lord. The reason people are operating off of the wrong source is because they're seeking out all of these other things and they don't have an altar before the Lord. Hallelujah. They don't have an altar. I remember growing up, my mom would have an altar in the house before the Lord. Bishop Mose told us to go home and make an altar before the Lord. And my mother would begin to pray at that altar of the Lord in our house. And I was filled with the Holy Ghost at seven years old in my living room at that altar of the Lord in my house. The fire of God fell, not in the church. The fire of God fell, not at a revival, but the fire of God fell in my living room on 920 Platt Street in Bridgeport, Connecticut on a Monday night because my mother had an altar of the Lord that she made me pray at, listen to this, until I was 18 years old, every Monday night, if you want the fire of God for your house and for your children, the first thing is you got to repair the altar of the Lord, not in this house, but in your house. It begins in your house, and then it will hit the church house. Repair the altar. Repair the altar. He repaired the altar. I'm going to wrap it up. He repaired the altar. 
that was broken down because the people tore it down. If you go look in other chapters, the people tore the altar down. The people that once prayed at the altar tore the altar down. We got to get to the place where we stop tearing the altar down. Because we're faltering between opinions. And we're tearing the altar of the Lord down. And we're desecrating the altar of the Lord. And we're doing all of these things and we don't reverence the altar of the Lord. Don't you understand there was a time where you would come into the house of, the God, of God and you would reverence the altar of the Lord. They wouldn't even let you touch the altar in front of the church. But now this generation, this apostate generation is so disrespectful and they are so common with the things of God and the movement of God. Uh, and the sacred things of God, uh, the garments of God, uh, the altar of God, uh, that they will just touch it and desecrate it. And so if we're going to reclaim, we got to repair the altar and repair reverence. The reverence. The reverence. Don't you understand the altar represents prayer? This is a day where we will come into the house of God and have a conversation during prayer. We will come into the house of God and prayer will be going on and we'll be texting and we'll be having full-blown conversations. If you get me too mad, I might fight you in prayer. That's the kind of generation we're in. Y'all not going to like me. It's okay. That's the kind of generation we're in. But there's a remnant. There are Elijahs in the atmosphere. There's some Elijahs in this room that feel a heavy calling and a heavy anointing and a mandate to repair the altar, to repair the prayer. says he repaired the altar that had been torn down and he used the 12 stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. What is the name of the altar? Money. What is the name of the altar? Marriage. Who's your idol? Who have you made an altar to? Spouse. What is the name of your altar? It says to the name of the Lord. And then he dug a trench around the altar enough to hold about three gallons. And he piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. And then he said, he went a little further. He told them, he said, just cut up the bull and put it on some wood and make it fire. He went a little bit further and said, you're going to know this is the real fire. Pour some water. I'm so confident in this fire. Go on and pour some water on it. Because you know water puts out fires. Put some water on it and the fire's still going to burn. And the Bible says that they poured the water. And then he began to pray and he said, Prove that you are God in Israel and I'm your servant. And he says, Answer me, Lord. For the reason being that these people will turn their hearts back to you. That's what our prayer should be. That's why we seek out the fire. 
We're not seeking out the fire to be something. We're not saying, God, give me your power for another level of notoriety uh, so that people can say, oh, she's great. Uh, oh, he's anointed. Uh, he got the fire. The reason for the fire is to bring back the generation uh, that has gone astray. Play something minor. That is the reason. And when he began... To pray that prayer. The fire of God, Hoshamaya, began to fall. The answered prayer. Don't you understand that Israel in this text is under a brass heaven, but God opened a portal for Elijah? Don't you understand, regardless of what's going on nationally, God will open a portal for the people? The Elijah's? The Bible says that he, <clears throat> that he prayed and the fire came. Hmm. That he prayed about the people turning their hearts back and the fire came. And after he prayed that prayer, the Bible says that the people fell on their faces and they cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. There was repentance that happened. That's what's fueling the fire, reclaiming and repentance. Not a wash off, not a rinse off. Not just to do an event so people can shake, jug, do all of this other stuff and then go back home to an unrepentant life of sin. But so that the people's hearts, not, their, not, not, not just their momentary behavior, but that their hearts their minds, their mind, will, and emotions, their souls can be saved. And he, he, the Bible says that when they said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God, that Elijah commanded the people to seize the prophets of Baal. Hear me tonight. He said, seize the prophets of Baal. You, once you experience the real fire of God, you got to get rid of the false prophets. I know you're trying to hold on to your favorite ministry gift. I know you're trying to hold on to people that you love. I know you're trying to hold on to your false prophet friend. But get away from the false prophets. He said, seize the false. When God exposes them, you dispose of them. When God exposes, you dispose. Throw away the false movement. Throw away the false prophets. I don't care how many people are clinging. It can be a movement. But when God exposes, you dispose of them. And the Lord says that once you dispose, heaven will open. Once they begin to dispose, the Bible says that Elijah said, get up, go eat and drink, for there is a sound, there is a sound of abundance of rain. There's a 
sound of rain coming. There is a sound of rain coming. There is a sound of rain coming. There is a sound of rain coming. There is a sound of rain. Come on, everybody stand up. Keep playing, don't stop. There's a sound. <laughs> the Lord's about to open heaven to you. Lift your hands wherever you are. Come on, play under that anointing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a great rain that's coming. There's a great rain. There is a refreshing uh, for the people of God. Uh, there is a refreshing uh, for the Lebanoskanabahosai. Uh, there is a refreshing uh, for the people of God. Uh, those that have been on the backside uh, of the desert uh, at Cherith, uh, eating from ravens uh, and eating what God has provided. Uh, there is a rain coming. I hear him, a reign of revival, 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 a reign of revival. You better open your spirit. There's a reign of revival coming. There's a rain of revival coming. You shall be refreshed, says the Lord. You shall be refreshed, says the Lord. You shall be refreshed, says the Lord. Hey! You shall be refreshed, says the Lord. You shall be refreshed, says the Lord. Give me a beat. You shall be refreshed as the Lord. You shall be refreshed as the Lord. You shall be refreshed as the Lord. Hey. You shall be refreshed as the Lord. There is a sound. He told him, he said, go look seven times. Because the first time he didn't see the rain. And some of you have been discouraged because you have not seen the rain the first and the second and the third and the fourth time. Hey! But the next time you go look for this rain, he said, I see the, I see a, a man's hand in the cloud. The cloud, the size of a man's hand. That represents an outpour. God's about to hand something in come on soul. God's about to hand you something in this season. There's a handout. 
Messiah that God is about to bestow upon you. He's about to release unto you a blessing for the Bible declares I shall pour out a blessing, not blessings, but a blessing. God's about to cause a blessing in your life. One blessing, one deal, one contract, one stream, one manifestation. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where once again we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We'll see you next time.